Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order, and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah. Release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Rose podcast. I've been thinking about the subject of community and belonging and and connection. You know, I, I think we're always all thinking about human connection, about our own relationships and families and systems. And I, I really wonder about what it means to be in a community that is safe, that has a space of psychological safety to have different views and different ways of seeing the world. And I think given our current circumstances, I, I honestly don't think that world really exists. To have differing opinions is to you know, it's so divisive now. It it's, comes from a space of hate for the way someone else sees the world. It's We've turned so many things political, you know, that you, all of a sudden now you're on a right or a left wing based on a view that you have. And if you identify as uh, any sort of political view, then it's been sort of co-opted by extremes. It's hard to have a safe conversation anymore. And, I, you know, the sort of underlying definition of a healthy corporate culture is psychological safety, safety to be oneself, safety to express. You know, I have a lot of questions about what's going on right now, where we are being taught that other people are a weapon, that they are unsafe to be around. And I think there's been a lot of misuse of information and a lot of over, a lot of exaggeration of fear and the exploitation of fear. And that conversation is really hard to have safely because I question, are the choices we're making worse than what we're trying to prevent? And I I hope you're all questioning that. If you're not questioning that, I'm like, are you awake? Are you paying attention? Do you give a shit about the mental health of humanity, about what we stand for? That's the question. Why? can't we question those things? Why can't we? And and often the response is, you don't care about human life. You don't care about there's people dying. Yeah, it's actually the concern for human life that I have. The collective that there are more people being impacted. And I don't think it takes any study to figure out that the long-term impacts of the choices we are making in response to this virus are likely 
if not already, more devastating than it itself. And you can bet your ass that I'm going to have conversations about the safety of the vaccine on here because it's so important that we inform ourselves. You can't pull wool over my eyes with scientific studies. I was trained as a rep to study things and and criticize them. I was trained to sell on studies. I know how to read studies and establish positions based on them and look at other people's positions. And I am, for the sake of our safety, for the sake of it being effective and it actually being practical to use, I'm going to have those conversations. So I'm providing the trigger alert already, which is not, I am not anti-vax. What I am is pro-conversation and I'm pro anything that actually works, that's healthy. And so I am for sure going to be wanting to dive into those things because the most important thing about my platform is that it is attached to truth that it's having hard conversations, that it it's cultivating a community where we're not afraid to have hard conversations, that we do it with love. That's the community I want to live in, where I'm not afraid of what you think about me, so I quiet my voice. So no, can I be more codependent? I didn't create this platform to stay in cycles of my previous codependency. I did it to break free of them, to invite other people to break free of them, and I will not be shamed out of having important conversations about the future and health of humanity. Community matters to me. You matter to me. Your relational health, your mental health, those matter to me. And I have touched the fragile edges of my own in the last year for sure. The very fragile edges. And that's why it's healthy to dance on those edges. It's healthy because you can't be awake to what is going on in the world right now and not be suffering. You cannot be paying attention right now and not be suffering. And this is about how do we band together to make it out? How do we see beyond our fear to make healthy choices for ourselves? How do we break the systems that continue to bring us down? How do we fight against the transfer of wealth that has occurred, the decimation of businesses, the unfair impact that all of these choices have had on marginalized communities. How can we not have these conversations? I'm tired of being afraid of having important words flow from people. I'm tired of this space where we would rather attack than listen, because I think this is actually how our greatest struggle in relationship is that two truths can exist at the same time. And it doesn't dismiss our truth. It actually shows the complexity of the human experience. That every one of you listening has a truth that I can't invalidate. When you tell me you're upset, I don't get to say you're not. It's to say, I can see that. Tell me more about that. Help me understand. Healthy discourse is really important. And I'm learning how to have it. I'm learning how to have conversations with the fear of you not liking me. And let me tell you, my greatest childhood wound is to want to be liked by everyone. So let's talk about some fucking personal growth, right? The safety and health of us as people is paramount to me. Our relational health, our ability to communicate, our ability to listen, all of these things impact our physical health. Being surrounded and in just infused with fear is not good for our immune system. I don't know about you, but are you not pissed that there's not 
a conversation about nutrition going on or health or fitness. Like, that, hey, you know how you can improve your immune system so that you are actually stronger, so that you are less susceptible? Why are these not being touted by our governments? Why are these not on the forefront of the news? It just is appalling. Is anyone else paying attention to this and thinking this is fucking appalling? I think it's appalling. It's so irresponsible. And we'd rather grab, you know, I was listening to... I was listening to a podcast with one of the people who was on The Social Dilemma. And he said, basically, media is a race to the bottom of the brainstem to hijack your limbic system. That's what social media does, too. It hijacks your limbic system so you are enrolled, so that you will stay longer, so you will listen, so you'll be in fear. And when you're in fear, you can't handle complex conversations. You can't use your prefrontal cortex to have conversations. The problem-solving part of your brain is gone. And we know that happens when we're in conflict, when we're having any conversation where we feel rejected, abandoned, unwitnessed, not understood. It's learning how to breathe in that space. And as a collective, we're not even able to do that. I was thinking recently about how Whenever you want to bring up just a conversation, again, this is not a view. So I got to trigger one you here. This is not a view. I'm saying whenever you even want to bring up a conversation about something like trigger warning, get ready, the efficacy of masks or social distancing or lockdowns, any of those subjects, extremely triggering. Those conversations should be happening. We should be making public health decisions based on accurate information not to mention you're not allowed to even have a conversation about the inaccuracy of the tests that we use to test for the positive diagnosis of COVID-19. Why is it not safe to have these conversations with scientists, with medical doctors who are being censored? Does that not concern you? Concerns me. Whether I agree with them or not, it concerns me that that open dialogue conversation cannot happen. And the censoring to me, I know some people are like, there should be more censoring. I'm like, well, look, it's hard to decide what we censor because we often want to censor anything that doesn't agree with our view. But you know that feeling when you just get it in your gut that there's a little more going on than is being shared, which is not the support of uh, conspiracy theories. I'm not saying that. But that there's just an intuitive feeling that we often have in relationship when there's lying or betrayal or some truth just not being shared. We get into our gut and we're like, hmm, something's off. And then we bring it up and they're like, nah, everything's cool. Or you're like, hey, I had a concern about that data that was presented. It doesn't seem full. Or I found out this other information which invalidates what you said. And they're like, censored. Or that's not okay. You don't care about human life. You're a killer. You're a blah, blah, blah. Just do your part. Shame-based motivation. Do your part. That's gaslighting. That doesn't create a safe space for any conversation. I've been really thinking about that, that the more you are gaslit, the more we end up dependent on the source. We end up more dependent on our governments, on whoever it is that's gaslighting us, our partners. We end up more caught in the cycle, the cycle of discarding our reality. And so none of this is to say that what your view is, or if you're afraid of COVID that you're wrong, because, hey, I'm afraid of it. It's real. But it's to say, can you be open to the possibility that all the information you've been given is not necessarily true? I'm just saying, can you be open to the possibility? I'm not saying it's true. Can you be open to doing the research about the other sides 
And I was recently listening to Rebel Wisdom, the podcast, which is excellent. And he had a podcast episode on sense making, how to swim through all the information from all the sides. And, you know, I recognize it's so easy to get co-opted by a side. But he said one good sign that you are co-opted by a narrative is that you are enraged. And I thought, shit, I'm definitely, <laughs> let me pull back. Let me get objective. Because I'm the first to tell you I'm human. I'm not perfect about this. I've gone to edges of both edges of the extremes of belief. And I'm like, how do I dance in the middle? How do I check the source of this? Where does the money flow to produce this? Those are all the things we have to do. It's an essential episode from his podcast I recommend everyone listen to. Because that's really what I'm inviting of you is to connect back to your gut, to trusting yourself, to knowing that, I said this at the beginning of the pandemic, that observe the liberties that you give away. Remember you're giving them away. They are yours to get back. Observe the data that you're swallowing without question. It's healthy to be curious, to not believe everything. And if someone tries to shame you for the potential view of something else, don't engage. It's their fear speaking. And this is, this is my hope, is that as we navigate through this, we come together. You know, I think about all the opportunities that are afforded upon us when we are triggered, which is the opportunity to learn how to observe, to be aware, to breathe, to choose. What is a behavior that I can engage with right now that is actually connective, that builds a bridge? Or is this conversation experience unsafe? Do I need to put a wall up, a boundary, withdraw myself? That the space between, which is the most important space of, in, of our lives, the space between reaction and response. As Viktor Frankl says, that is the moment we have a choice. And it's in that space of choice that we get to choose our lives. Do I want it more connective, more expansive, or more isolated and withdrawn? Would I rather be walled up than open to you? Would I rather never get hurt again than love again? And I don't have the answers to all of this. But what I know is that important conversations need to be had. And it needs to be safe to have them. I'm upset that it's not normal anymore to question things. That that's often shamed that you're maybe instantly labeled a conspiracy theorist just because you're curious, just because you don't believe everything you're hearing, but you're not seeing, which again is not to dismiss loss. I know people who have lost on both sides of this, from COVID and then from canceled electives with grandparents who, when one passed from not being able to get a valve replacement, the other one wasn't able to see them. They weren't able to see them. Those things break my heart. I heard recently more data about overdose deaths and suicides and alcoholism and domestic violence and all these things that are just rapidly increasing. The stress of the human psyche. And I think we got to band together. We got to have each other's back. We gotta, we gotta stand up for ourselves. And I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that it's open discourse and I'm not even sure how to always have it because I'm an opinionated 
ass sometimes. But I promise you I'm going to do my best to have it. I promise you that I win. I bring people on here to have really hard conversations. I'm going to do my best to get my biases. I'll admit them at the start if I have them. But I'm going to do my best because I don't know how else to sort through all of this information that seems so conflicting other than to engage with experts and learn the nuances ourselves, right? Instead of trusting people to tell us something as truth that we discover it ourselves. So I'm on that journey with you. But our job isn't to like all thoughts and feelings and opinions. We're not, that's not going to happen. I mean... It's not the world's job not to trigger us. We're not going to like all of our partner's opinions, our parents, our family, our news, our politician, right? We're just not. Even the people we love, we're obviously not going to like everything they think and feel. But they're a human who came to that decision based on experiences they've had. And that's how we came to ours, based on we're making the best choice we can based on our fears, based on what we hope to be true. And, you know, when, when things are confusing... We often, you know, when information's confusing, and I, I don't know how you can deny that truth. Things have been really confusing, flip-flopping, data, information about the virus, you know. This is true about all news, all media, all positions. It gets confusing, but this has especially been a lot of information warfare, you know, in a lot of ways. And when we get scared because things are confusing, we either cling to one extreme or the other. Nothing, everything's true and everything we should be afraid of or nothing's true and everything's a conspiracy or everything's false information. And it's like, of course, the truth lives somewhere in between those things. And it's like, how does a regular person with so many media outlets who can consume, we can all consume just news we want now. Before, back in the day, we consumed the same news information and then made a choice based on that. But now, you know, you can go down rabbit holes of, all different types of positions. And it's really important that we learn the other positions so we can learn their arguments. How did they get to the the position they're in? And that's what we do with our partnerships is we learn how did they get to that place? What is their history of triggers? What is the pain that they've suffered? What are they afraid of as an outcome in this conversation, in this relationship? What shaped them? And when you are curious about what shapes another, you become curious about what shapes you, and you're able to hold space for what shaped them. You're able to bring it forward. You're able to witness them, to truly see them, because you say, I really want to know this about you more than I want to be right. I want to understand you. And gosh, you know, I think the bias the bias of uh, believing that everything is untrue that's being said is that then it makes the world not as scary. Well, you know, we're all being invited to confront mortality. And I, I think that's not just the physical mortality of oneself, but the mortality of everything we knew to be true, the mortality of the truth of our systems, of how politics and medicine interplay, and and that everyone has an opinion. You know, they say trust the experts, but she, I can go find you an expert that believes the exact opposite. You know, and we can't become the experts at everything. That's just impossible. But we can become better at deciphering information. We can become better at exploring different points of view and observing our triggers and our desire to want to hold one. And man, am I committed to learning how to do that. 
because work in progress. Community is so important to me, the feeling that no matter where you're at in the world right now, in your journey, in your opinions, in your thoughts, and all that, I just accept you where you're at. I just witness you where you're at. I just say, wow, you got there because that was the place you got to. There's no judgment. You have the right to feel and think everything you're feeling and thinking. And so do I. And I hope that through all of this, through all of the triggers that we're experiencing as a collective, that we are invited back to the respect of the earth, to the respect of Mother Nature, to the respect of our planet, to just witness how much we are pillaging it and believing that we are more powerful than it, that we can hack it, that we can use glycosphate, and which is Roundup, and just think we can just turn and churn out as much as possible from her without hurting her. That for me is, is what we need to pay attention to. The earth is alive and we are part of it. We are part of its microbiome. We are part of the symbiosis of it. We need to come home to that. That to step on an ant is to step on a person. And I've stepped on a few ants in my time, you know. And I just keep becoming more and more connected to what is the circadian rhythm of life, what is the day-to-day, moment-by-moment presence to this experience. This experience is a mindfuck. I mean, I don't know how you can say it any other way. But the reality of being a human on a planet in the middle of a solar system is just in in itself mind fracturing. So gosh, I just want to send you a big hug. So much love. To say you matter. The world needs you. We need you. We need you to fight for what is true for you, what is right. We need you to share your voice. We need you for so many reasons. You know, just as I think, you know, to say it to yourself, I need me because I need me. I need me to get through this. (laughs) Man, didn't come to this place to fuck around, but it is a tough go sometimes and confusing and all the things. So sending you so much love, such big hugs. And I don't know what the answers are, but I know that we're on our way. As they say in recovery, it's about progress, not perfection. So... Here's to progress. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If this episode resonated with you, one of the best ways to support the show is to go subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any more. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to it, or share the episode with your community on Instagram or whatever social place you like to hang out. This helps get it into more people's ears, and I'm so grateful for your support, always. Thanks again for tuning in. Much love.